Hi, this is Marshall Hildreth for Hudson Mohawk Magazine. I'm joined by Maureen Taveras, also known as Buttercup Vera Wang, and MJ Rodriguez, also known as Emunette Rockin. Welcome to Hudson Mohawk Magazine. Thank you for yeah, having you. No worries. I think first and foremost, I have to ask, what is the story behind your uh, alternate names? Uh, do you want to go first? Um, so the story behind my alternate name, because I'm a part of the House of Rakhen here in the Capital Region, um, the house mother, Egypt Rakhen, that's her name that she goes by in the ballroom scene. Um, when I heard her name and she wanted me, a, me to be a part of her house, I just was mm-hmm. like, okay, it's giving very like Egyptian vibe, the whole right, nine. Right. And then I'm all into like mythology and everything else. So I was just like, okay, Amunet, especially because of the categories that I walk, I tend to do like Butch Queen up in pumps. I tend to do <laughs> Um, between up and drags, um, drags realness, the whole nine. So Amunet is a goddess that basically means mysterious one. I like so. the androgyny, the like the in between. So that's kind of why I chose that name. Um, for me, usually like in the New York City scene, like the names come from like something that you've done, like a moment that you've made or a parent naming you or something like that. I remember I was hanging out with the House of Versace um, for the AIDS walk in New York City, mm-hmm. um, and. We were all just like drinking afterward and like having a good time in somebody's apartment. I don't even remember whose apartment it was. Um, We were just like partying and having a good time afterward. They were just like, come on, vogue for us. Let me see something. And then they started pumping a beat. So then I started voguing and they were just like, ooh, she's soft. She's soft like butter. (laughs) I love. Ooh, butter cream, butter, butter. And they kept saying butter, butter when they kept seeing me melt and um, Mm. melting into a dip. And then they were just like, oh my God, I got it. Buttercup. And then they love. were just like, that's Buttercup right there. And in the, like, it just clicked for me because I actually loved the Powerpuff Girls growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and Buttercup was my favorite because I always liked like, tomboy aesthetic and like aggressive women and right. like, you know, things like that. So I was just like, I, I felt it. It was just like a fit for me. And then I became Buttercup Versace. And then once I left the house, the name just stuck. So I was just like, Buttercup is my name now. That's so fun and beautiful. Like, I love how there's always a history behind names, yeah. especially in the scene. Um, just to break down some of the language you mentioned, uh, I guess start off with like the different categories. You mentioned butch, butch queen, um, some drag categories. If you could just like break that language down for our listeners. Okay, so basically ballroom is a space where people compete for prizes, usually cash prizes and a trophy. The categories would be what you would walk when you go to these uh, to these events. Um, basically, there can be anywhere from like five categories to six categories if it's like a mini ball to like 13 if it's like one of the big luxurious like awards balls. Um, mm-hmm. But the categories basically are different different categories that you would walk. So for me, I started out Butch Queen Vogue Femme. Um, I've never really walked any other category except for then once I transitioned, I went to Puerto Rico and everybody was like, she, she, ma'am, you know, and I was just like, oh, I didn't think I passed, you know, (laughs) but work. Um, so then when I came back, my fam, uh, my house was like, let's get you walking like realness. Let's get you walking realness. And then that's when I started walking the realness category, which basically is if you pass as a cis woman, Mm -hmm. um, you would be able to walk and like not get clocked by anybody else. And that's what realness is. So first you go out, you get your tens and then you battle against other people and they kind of just judge who was realer than the other person. Uh, There's like a lot of conversation about realness right now. Um, Mm -hmm. But then other categories are like, Bush Queen Vogue Femme or Femme Queen uh, Vogue, which is like dancing and performing in that way. Um, and then there's also like runway, which is run uh, pumping down the runway like a runway model. There is hand performance and arm control, which is um, like making sure that your lines are precise. Mm-hmm. 
Um, are there any other categories that you would like to? Um, I know there's like Butch Queen Up and Drags. Usually that's like, I tell people, um, just think of someone being the first time up in drag. Mm. Um, it's very that. So it's not as polished compared to like drag's realness mm-hmm. <laughs> where you'll see like, if you go to Waterworks, like Filipina, she's like, her face is down, like right. it's polished. Um, or even some of the queens on RuPaul's Drag Race, so they're very polished. So I think that there are segues, there are certain categories that segue into other, like the realness categories. Mm. Um, and it, it gets, it allows individuals to kind of feel it out, at least with like Butch Queen Up and Pumps. Like I did it at first, I was just like, okay, I'm like, this is, the, I'm like, I didn't know what to do. And they were like, no, just keep on walking. And then it's just like finding your stride and finding your confidence in that. And mm. it's just literally taking, like taking the moment and taking the, the constructive criticism right. from individuals like um, like at the Kiki Lounge where like Marine or even um, Egypt um, they're, they're, they're Juju we know them as Juju okay. outside of um, <laughs> the ballroom scene but um, he's also one of the facilitators as well so like they're always trying to instill where like they're giving us the principle and the basics of what it is for that category mm-hmm. but um, how I learned was that once I got the foundation the basic the, um, the basics down i was able to go ahead and add my flair because mm. usually you want to be able to still maintain the foundation but put your stink on it a little bit and then <laughs> <Right>. just you know <laughs> do it so like at least that's kind of how i was able to do it i did butch up and pumps um i used to do best dress as well and then i started getting into um like butch up and drags and then drags realness because for me like i like drag the illusion and get sleeping in and, uh, and out of certain things and the mm. androgyny that's kind of like I'm, i like the gender you know bending so yeah right <laughs> so really like voguing and ballroom just it sounds like a skill in and of mm. itself and I imagine like the New York City scene differs from the Capital Region scene. Could you like elaborate on that? And uh, what brought like Kiki Lounge to the Capital Region? So that's a great question, actually. Um, I've been living here for about two years now, I think. Um, and when I first got up here, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you guys have balls like once a year. That's not as frequent as I'm used to. Where like in the city, we'd have one like three times a week or oh like, wow yeah like it's it's a lot it's frequent um so it's like a lot of opportunities to go out there and access these spaces that make you feel confident and let mm-hmm. you express yourself and your talent um out here we don't have that as much mm-hmm. um and then i realized like the reason why is because in new york city we have kiki lounges like i used to run back in the city mm-hmm. um we also have vogue classes and vogue uh, teachers out there that you know started out in new york city that's where ballroom started mm-hmm. so they like their form of vogue seems to be more more authentic to me Mm. (laughs) um so yeah it's like there's nowhere for people to go and access these spaces to hang to just to hang out and get to know each other and Mm -hmm. grow the community there's no uh vogue no kiki lounges inside of high schools which is another thing that new york city does oh really and yeah they do like kiki lounges or host um house practices inside mm-hmm. of high schools that way when kids walk by and they're like oh my god what is that right. they look in and they're like oh i want to you know i want to try i just wanted that space here you know i right. wanted a space that people youth uh, other individuals whatever age would be able to come down and have fun mm-hmm. uh intermingle with each other grow the scene build community build houses because i think there's only about like four actual houses up here up here yeah. and then when i mm-hmm. ask folks also like okay are the houses like kiki scene or main scene they can't tell me the difference 
Speaking so, of, yeah. uh, what is the difference? Um, okay, so the main scene, ballroom scene, that mm-hmm. was started back in the 19, I might butcher this, like 70s, 1960s, yeah, um, by 1960s. Crystal LaBeja when she was mm-hmm. obviously, you know, miffed about always losing uh, the categories to whiter women mm-hmm. um, who did, she did not believe were pr- as pretty as her <laughs> or wore the same right. delicate gowns as her. Um, so she made her own, uh, her and the other black and brown queens made their own uh pageants and that became ballroom around 1990s late 1990s early 2000s um there was obviously always like 13 year olds 14 year olds sneaking into clubs mm-hmm. and like hanging out with the ballroom girls because most of these kids were homeless anyways like living on the piers um so once people started realizing like okay maybe it's not the best thing for these children to be drinking with us every night getting into harsh drugs at such an uh early age mm-hmm. and all these other things um, that they would be exposed to in nightlife. Um, so they decided to create something. I think it was Aisha Prodigy who used to work at HMI. She's a cisgender woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of other um, Kiki, uh, now Kiki scene leaders, but back then they were just ballroom um, members. Um, and they came together and created a space through um, orgs like HMI, um, Hedrick Martin Institute. Um, they created the Kiki Lounge there. And then mm. that's where it kind of started, like creating Kiki Lounges, creating spaces for the young people to go and express themselves and not have to be exposed to all of these adult world mm. things. Um, and so that would be like 13-year-old to about 25-year-old, I would say. Okay. Um, and then you would kind of like, in, in a sense, graduate into the main scene after that. Um, somewhere along the line, that kind of changed, and people just kept staying in the kiki scene because they realized, okay, the main scene is a lot more intense. Mm. There, it has to be a lot more polished. Um, yeah, there's just a, it's like everything that you've been doing in the kiki scene has to be elevated to like a hundred percent. So um, a lot of people get scared away, or they feel like you know I already know that I'm worth a lot. I already know that I'm winning and that I am established and I have a name mm-hmm. and a title. So why do I have to go to the main scene and, like, start all over, start from the bottom, basically? Mm. Um, So some people just stay in the kiki scene. And now it's to the point where there's people who are, like, 30, 40 years old being leaders in the kiki scene. And they provide kind of, like, the guidance for the younger people Mm -hmm. to come in and learn and become leaders in their own right. And we have folks who, like, start out, like I said, like, as young as 13, 12. And, yeah, they've been involved in for years. So it sounds like a super accessible, like, easy way to get involved in like queer spaces and like queer community um and having like stemmed from like black and brown folks like Mm -hmm. making these spaces Mm -hmm. uh when people start to get involved in like the kiki lounge or like a ballroom scene uh what things do you wish to see people be mindful of when first entering i don't know if this is like pc to say um but i grew up in the bronx and a lot of the girls in new york city still use this when talking about ballroom because some people come into ballroom and they think oh this is going to be a safe space Mm. And I'm like, this is a com- a competitive space. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you're going to yeah. get shaded. You're yeah. going to get people who think she didn't deserve to win over me and mm-hmm. will look at you differently. Mm-hmm. Or there'll be people who'll be like, you just got through because their your girlfriends are on the panel or like all uh, these other things. And okay. part of that is true. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Part of it <laughs> yeah. is true. Um, but I guess like what I would like to say to people is what people say to me. Like, it's, it's Mook Hollywood. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's Hollywood for black and brown, queer and trans people. So it's mm. like, there's still going to be the same BS that there is in like regular Hollywood where there's right. like politics and having to like, sometimes I've never done this because I don't feel the need to. And I came in with 
Laomi, who was like a very good guidance for me, like a good mother figure, um, mm-hmm. because she was the one that like kept me away from most of these folks who would rather like use get close to people because of their name or what mm. they have access to and things of that nature and i feel like that's just what that's just what some spaces are you know so i would wish okay. that people would be mindful of that and be like you know know who to trust yes. know mm. when to protect your peace and when to engage in self-care and know when it's like you know girl maybe i'm sitting this ball out mm. or maybe i'm just mm-hmm. staying in tonight and not going out to kiki nights or whatever you know so mm. yeah. Um, at least from my experience, what I've done um, when I first started coming, like 2016, um, In Our Own Voices was hosting a ball with the House of Encore, um, who's one of the houses up here. And I actually came in with the intention, um, my drag mother, um, Lola Galore, she um, is from the Virginia scene, and she's from like the House of Balenciaga, mm. and she's been in Chanel, she's been a 007. So one of the things that she told me um, is to kind of just sit there, observe, and take in the culture, mm. um, because then you're able to kind of see the nuances that happen, like what Maureen was talking about. You'll see the shade that comes in there, and you're like, oh, wait, hold on. Like, I just, you, you you do it's it's very subtle and a lot of the time like a lot of the things in ballroom is very subtle even how individuals are conversing with each other mm. they could there could legit be like animosity between them but the shade the reading that goes down and if you're not used to that you would it would go over your head so like one of the things that I did the first couple cuz I didn't start participating until like 2017 18 um up here um but so from 2016 I took like about a year or two to kind of like just take everything in so Mm. what Maureen is talking about like the shade amongst the judges seeing that some people get offended really quicker you do have to have uh, I will say making sure that you have a tough skin Mm. so I would definitely echo the sentiment that Maureen was saying like kind of protecting your peace knowing Mm. having that discernment to kind of understand that like okay is this person going to actually build me up and fill my cup or are Mm -hmm. they going to kind of like okay like throw it and toss it off the table and that's not someone that you kind of want around or just drink from your cup and then like just (laughs) <laughs> Toss it away. Yeah. Let's water each other here. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Just to like build on that as well. Like something that I do want to say is kind of like you mentioned RuPaul's Drag Race mm-hmm. earlier. You know, like when they do the little reading session. You know, right. like most of the reading is meant to be in good fun. Obviously, if there's somebody that you don't like get along with, obviously it might be a little bit more malicious. But most of it is supposed to be done in good yeah. fun, and it's supposed to be like a character building thing. You know, because it's like. Mm-hmm you're here getting read by your sisters like at least we know what you go through and we go through it too so you know it's not coming from a bad place Mm -hmm. but then like it also builds up your character and your thick skin for when you go out into the world and have to deal with people saying that to you who you know don't care for you Mm -hmm. um and then another thing is that like like you said about like respecting like the culture that's another thing that i would want people to see is like respect the fact that you're coming into a culture that has been here before you for like you know years Mm. For years so it's like you're coming into this space and you might feel a certain type of way about these things but like you also don't need to be in this space like this space was created for black and brown individuals mm-hmm. obviously it's bigger now like i said before to mj mm-hmm. i've told them like and to there's this um, particular person who comes to my class and they're a white gay man mm-hmm. and they keep telling me like oh i feel like i'm like taking up space certain times and all these other things and i'm like vogue is for everybody ballroom is for everyone now i mean there's people in russia who are using voguing as mm-hmm. like a resistance to the oppression that they're facing so it's like voguing and ballroom is international now 
Um, but there still is that key element of like this culture came from somewhere and if you're gonna interact with it, mm -hmm. have respect for it. Absolutely. And make sure that you're not coming into the space trying to just change things because you're in this other space and you see that they are super affirming and politically correct and then you come into a politically incorrect space and mm -hmm. then try to morph it into something. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. People have tried. <laughs> um, and it's just like nobody's forcing you to be here you know what I mean nobody's yeah. like, there's a lot of communities out there for you then that maybe right. this one might just not be the fit for you right yeah. I think that's key too is like with the advent of programming like RuPaul's Drag Race or Pose and this bleeding into the heteronormative mainstream people can make those assumptions that this space is ultimately going to be safe for me and me alone yeah. that's really good to know uh, especially with these classes like mm -hmm. Some people might not know what to expect. Yeah. And I think that's exciting and great, but it's also good to have that awareness. Well, that's the one thing about these classes is that, like, I always try to provide, like, even if one thing that I tell people is, like, you can still come and learn how to vote. That doesn't mean that you have to walk a ball. Because mm -hmm. I have had people in the city when I used to teach at the, at the LGBT center on 13th Street. Um, I used to have folks who would come there and would learn, and then I'd be like, when are you going to walk a ball? Like, come on, like, I'll take you out, you know? Like, let's go, right. I'll make you walk a category. And they'll just be like, I just kind of like to vogue in my room. Like, I don't really yeah. like to do anything outside. And that's fair, too. Um, what I try to do is provide a safe, inclusive space. Mm. Um, maybe that might be setting people up with a bubble, but I also make sure that people know by letting them watch clips and teaching them about ballroom history mm. and even getting into, like, the messy little gossip and drama. You know, and be like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, this is what you can expect. Uh, and just real quick, is there anything that you didn't get to mention that you would like to? Uh, any questions I didn't ask or anything you want to expand upon? Um, you know, just kind of like give, like try it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just try it. Like get out there, get out of your, I feel like we're not taught to like feel on our bodies and dance sensually and sexually mm -hmm. and, you know, like freely how Vogue kind of re um, requires you to. And I feel like getting into it can be a little bit awkward at first, but mm -hmm. if you just, like, let yourself go and be a part of it, and if you want, just, like, watch at first, you know? Mm -hmm. just, just take it in and then try it. But, yeah, I think that everybody should at least give themselves a chance to try it. Yeah. Um, I will say, like, for me, because I used to be very not, like, I used to just be more of a wallflower. Mm -hmm. So at least my experience, what Ballroom has done for me has kind of instilled the confidence in me to be a little bit more vocal, a little bit more confident. And a lot of my, I call people, like, my little inner demons, little voices that tell me I can't do it. Like, it's right. helped me build to be louder than those voices mm. and understand that I do have power and ballroom has made me kind of seen that, at least the Kiki scene has made me seen that, as mm -hmm. well, at least up here, that I do have power in who I am and what I say and how I identify, how I dress, the whole nine. So I would definitely say if there are individuals who are trying to build that confidence, mm -hmm. I would definitely say go to come into these spaces because um, we're not going to tear you down. We actually want mm -hmm. to build you up and and instill or help be a part of that process to instill that confidence or get you to that level where you're like, okay like this is my alter ego right so like we're all about it <laughs> yeah no it sounds like a super fun super um firming mm -hmm. space uh and i look forward to hopefully like joining in and understanding like some of the folks that come in mm -hmm. uh what that brought them in mm -hmm. uh unfortunately we do have to wrap up okay. uh yeah but where can people find more about the kiki lounge and um, um what else you folks are doing follow us on our social medias mine is marine la sirena which is m-a-r-i-n-e 
L-A-S-I-R-E-N-A. -E um, and I often post about my groups on there that I do. Um, as we said, we have the Capital Regions Kiki Lounge, which I co-facilitate with um, Egypt, Raken, also known as Juju. Um, and then I also have the Albany Damien Center. Um, that one, the Capital, Re Capital Regions uh, Kiki Lounge, is hosted at Noteworthy Resource Center hmm. um, from 6 to 8 p.m. And then the... The Kiki Lounge that I run on my own at the Albany Damien Center uh, runs 3 to 5 p.m. on Fridays. Yeah, awesome. Um, so you can also go on Noteworthy Resources um, website as well, nwralbany.org, and you'll click on the events. Um, we do facilitate the Kiki Lounge every second and fourth Wednesday of the month. Hmm. So the next one will be on February 28th from 6 to 8. Um, and we'll have like some water bottles there, the whole nine. Uh, we're trying to bring in different things in there as well to kind of help um, individuals out as well because there could be resources or hmm. opportunities that individuals may not know about. So we're trying to at least empower our community um, and kind of limit like the isolationism and things of that nature that tends to happen within yeah. queer yeah. culture. And that's something that I'm really appreciative that like the orgs have been like really trying to support us and providing us with like tools and like kits and things like that for people so that's like really nice. awesome awesome yeah. yeah i thank you folks so much for joining me again maureen taveras and mj rodriguez and this has been marshall hildreth for the hudson mohawk mag